If you're enjoying the type of content you get here at Riverside Chats, conversations that go in-depth on art, politics, and everything in between, please consider becoming a supporter of the show. You can find a link in the show notes that allows you to give a recurring or single amount, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you think the show is worth, which maybe is nothing. In which case, ouch, if you think this is a valuable part of your week, then we would appreciate the support so we can continue to give you the quality that you came here for in the first place. Thank you for considering supporting Riverside Chats and enjoy the show. From KALS in Omaha, you're listening to Riverside Chats. I'm Michael Griffin, and today I'm talking to Marcy Yates, a hip-hop artist, community advocate, and overall cool guy from North Omaha. Of course, like I want artists rights boss, I want us artists to get paid equally. I want us to have platforms. I want us to be able to, you know, make, make the same bag that they pay these other regional people to, you know, to come here, right? Because Omaha, we tend to import people a lot. We pay them a lot more than we do our local homegrown people, right? So for me, man, when I got on the scene, um... You know, I want to uphold a certain standard. He talks about the role in culture in establishing a relationship between art and advocacy, his artistic process when making music, as well as Culture House, an organization in North Omaha that he created to provide community space for musical entrepreneurs and also to lessen social and economic disparities. Stay tuned for our conversation after this break. Welcome to Riverside Chats. I'm Michael Griffin. Marcy Yates was born and raised in North Omaha and has actively been involved in the music community for years. He won the 2021 and 2022 Omaha Entertainment and Arts Awards Album of the Year for Culture House, Freedom Summer, released on Omaha's Saddle Creek Records. Yates founded Culture House in 2019 a community workspace in North Omaha for artists working in various mediums that holds different types of events, including community town halls, fashion shows, and nationally recognized art competitions. Here is my conversation with Marcy Yates. Yo, Marcy, how we doing? How we doing? Yo, (laughs) I'm good, man. What's up? Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. And I thought just... You know, the easiest thing to do would to just, you know, let people know what you're about. You know, what type of art do you make? How would you how would you define yourself as an artist? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, how I would define myself as an artist. Um, I When I was asked, I used, I used to say I make vinyl hip hop because <laughs> because I like to sample vinyl records. Right. And, you know, and then the more I, I listen to like artists that's you know been in the game for a while maybe I grew to and I listen to other like you know interviews and you know I I think that I most like when people kind of interpret it themselves right and kind of tell me you know what they feel you know how they think for me I feel like I I've kind of created my own kind of category for 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 hip-hop you know it's not like super hardcore but it's not but it's not like soft and cheesy either, though. You mm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It can have a pop feel, but it can have an underground feel too. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like I feel like I don't ever hear anything else like it. You mm. know? So um, you know, I just put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. To me, that sounds like versatility. You know, like knowing how to move. And so when we say vinyl hip hop, was that kind of what were some of the introductions that you know you saw when you were younger through vinyl? Um, just seeing the way that DJs and producers would um, utilize vinyl. Mm. And when I say mm. vinyl, I'm talking about old school records. Mm. Maybe not old school records, but just records. Um, 45-inch, 33-inch. Um, um, these are what you put on the record player and you spin them. You know, my mom would always play oldies when I was growing up, so soul music was a huge mm. thing in the house. Um, jazz. I was... You know, I was put onto these sounds, you know, just going up in church too. You know what I mean? So, but being into hip hop, I was always into the beats. Mm. And what mm. always caught my ear was like the high pitched sample mm. of, mm. of a vocal, right? I would always be like mimicking that. I would like to hear, sometimes I'll just play a record um, 
and play it on a higher speed, mm, you know, mm-hmm, and, and, mm-hmm. And, and, and it makes that chipmunk that voice. That chipmunk soul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You feel me? For sure. But I always loved that and gravitated to it, you know, and that's what I wanted to do. So I wanted to, um, you know, make beats in that fashion where I would get a, a, a hardware machine like an NPC or use a software where I can, mm. you know, pull from those records and sample. I always wanted to go dig, you know, and, and just be like, you know, backpacking pure hip hop. Right, so yeah. go to a record store, dig records, go back home, chop records, chop samples, and make beats. So, so did you start with beats before the lyricism and the MC? You know, I was doing both at the same time, but I was more confident in my beats first. So I let people mm. hear the beats before I let them hear mm. my raps. You know, yeah, and, and then I kind of started to gain my confidence in my raps as I would. Um, you start to freestyle to my own beats, man. Yeah, you know? definitely. Yeah, and then and then going to like parties or shows and then just like shutting down like ciphers mm-hmm. uh-huh. so like when you first started putting putting it in the cut as some would say <laughs> yeah, I, when were you out here uh where were you like where were some venues who were some artists that you saw when you were younger before you were more established um so me i didn't i didn't pay attention to a lot of local Omaha hip-hop so mm. i wasn't in no venues when i was coming up like mm. like i would go to concerts though at you know like when my favorite underground artists or hip hop artists would come, I would go to waiting room or slow down to go see them. But um, you know like growing up though, like man, I didn't know nothing about the Omaha hip hop scene. Mm. Like I didn't you know I didn't know it existed. I didn't know it was like tangible. Right for me when I'm growing up listening to East Coast West Coast music, I'm thinking I got to be out there. And who are some know? cats from East and West Coast that you were listening to? Like East and West Coast like Wu Tang or Pete Rock. Um, uh, try call quest. Um, on the West Coast, cast like um, Raskas or uh, Blue and Exile. Um, man, uh, uh, cast like that, and there's just probably more. And Madlib, that that's my guy out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the 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 more I got into the hip hop and started learning where people were from, I was like, oh no. Midwest be producing that sound too, right? Because that's when I got on with Slum Village and Jay Dilla. Right. All the all the while, I I, I thought that that was East or West Coast, right? right? But then I learned like, nah, that's Detroit. And then you learn about Detroit, then the Royster Five Nines and Eminem's, and then the Elzai's, and I'm like, no, this is Midwest. Mm, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. Midwest hip hop. Um, and then of course Tech Nine over in Kansas City and things like that right. too. So um, th- that that's where I grew up on, right? So. I didn't know, right? Or did I really didn't respect? Which a lot of people don't need mm. though, right? And like, so, so now I find myself trying to trying to overcome that hurdle or beat that that stereotype that the scene has, has had, you know. But I know it's like the I thought the same way too, right. right? You know. But but now being being in on the scene and you kind of looking in it from the inwards and you are like, okay, yeah, you know, I get it, you know, I get it, you know. So. Um, with that being said, when I got on the scene, though, right, the first the first place that allowed me to do a show mm. was Louis Louis Bar. It's not there anymore. Um, it was in Benson, and it is now uh, just a plot of land, and it's next to the Dahlia House. Um, next next to the Dahlia House, and you have the gas station right there. So it's right off of Radio Highway. Okay, and that, that was the first place. So I went to places like Waiting Room, slow down. Right. You know, and and didn't get no response, couldn't get in, mm. right? But I wasn't established yet. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mm, anybody, right? Mm, so mm. you know, you gotta you gotta get on the circuit first. When I say get on the circuit, it's mean like you just doing you just doing any and whatever, right? To try to get your name known or get known with promoters or you know venues. You know, yeah, what I mean? pay your so, dues exactly, absolutely, exactly. So honestly, the first show I did was there, and I wasn't booked. I threw my first two shows I ever did. And I put them on myself, did those, and then I moved to Arizona. Oh, okay, okay. So just so we can, like, take a little pause right quick, can we make sure to differentiate what the difference between rapping and producing is in the context of hip-hop? Yeah, so um, in the context of hip-hop, if if you're rapping, you're MCing, which means that you're a lyricist, you're, you're the vocalist. Um, and if you're producing, that means you're responsible for the arrangement of the track and how it comes out. Now, a beat maker is solely responsible for making the sound, the beat, but a producer can go grab you, go grab him, go grab this musician, this person, and make the song, right? 
that's why Khaled's like considered like like a great producer or Hit Boy or Kanye, right? Mm-hmm. Great, great producers. Um, because again, like it's about the overall, you know, structure of the of the song. So again, you know, beat makers only make the beat. Producers make the song. Okay. Um, and a, and a rapper is an MC, a poet, the lyricist, the vocalist. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with artist and advocate Marcy Yates. Join the conversation on social media. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. So now that we've really broken down, you know, what makes a producer... Wait, sorry. Courtney, did you mean ask the, the question, what's the difference Should, between... No, no, no. Just the one that you were... Yeah, after. Right, 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 right. when I cut you off. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So now that we've gone over those differences, uh, what does that look like as far as an artistic process? You know, for you personally, what is the chronological order? Do you write the lyrics and then the beats? Does it kind of change depending? Because I was looking through your discography to lead up for this, and I saw, like, social studies. Right? Yeah. All the tracks on there. Also, y'all, check out Social Studies, Marcy Yates. Good stuff. But Social Studies, all the tracks said produced by Marcy Yates. But some of the more recent ones didn't have that on there. So has your relationship with production changed over time? Or? Um, no. I think early on I felt the need to, to mention that. And, um, you know, just as platforms go and doing credits and uh, registering and um, – Registering works and things like that. I, you know, I didn't. I don't always. I don't always just like ID me as a producer. But if you go to the, if it's if it's a whole body of work, and then you go look at the credits and you'll see produced by Marcy H rather than after every track. So it's kind of a just you know when you look at that, it's just kind of a preference thing, right? Um, just not having to you know put produced by every time I'm logging in. Uh, I mean, I'm logging a song in when I go to register, right, and u- upload for digital distribution. Would you mind describing what that process is like for non-artists and how you register in distribution? Yeah, for sure. Um, so for indie artists, um, for in order for you to get your music on digital platforms, you have to go with a digital distributor. And that is a um, basically a house that hosts, that hosts your music. And it can get mm-hmm. it into the digital stores that you want it into, such as Spotify, YouTube Music, iTunes, iHeartRadio, um, Deezer, um, Tidal, um, you know, so on and so forth, mm-hmm. right? The streaming platform. Right. So um, that's what you do, right? In order to get your music out. So, um, or you can go through independent sites such as Bandcamp, um, mm-hmm. where you don't, where you can, where consumers can buy directly your music. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, indie artists, are conflicted between going to streaming sites and mm-hmm. then going somewhere where people can directly buy the music because we all know that streaming doesn't pay a lot, right? Um, versus, you know, if you're an indie band and you're actually selling records and you're selling physical things, then, you know, Bandcamp is a great site. But there are great distribution sites now, such as TuneCore, United Masters. Um, also, uh, what's the other one? Uh, it's one I'm forgetting. You know what I'm saying? I like a lot of folks use. So again, that's just how you would distribute your music. Now, registering, um, you either can be an ASCAP artist or a BMI artist. And this is how you collect your um your earnings from your from your music, right? How you get your your residuals, how you get your um uh your payouts. Um uh, missing a word that I'm, that I'm looking for. Um but but again, so you have to do that in order for your music to be tracked. So when it's played on the radio, or you mm. know, when your when, when your music is uh, sold or purchased, things like that, you mm. know, it's reported. And um, you know, that's how you know publishing works, and that's how your um, register works. You know, work. mm. so um, those are things you have to do. Now, not a lot of people. A lot of people do skip those steps, right? Because they're not concerned about making no money. They just want to get a song out, get a mm. song, get this out there, right? Mm. But it's like, you know, if you actually want to get paid for your stuff, like learn exactly like what you need to do first, right? It's 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 a business, right? right? So you need to plan, right? right? Just like anything, right? And, you know, then go into that. Right, because, you know, 
I think that I and we always forget the difference between creating art and creating a livelihood from art Mm -hmm. and how to do so in a sustainable fashion. Yeah. And so when I think sustainability, when I Mm -hmm. think art, when I think culture, I think that culture house is a really, really nice embodiment of all of these values. Mm -hmm. And so could you speak to us a little bit about what culture house is and how you would describe it to our community? Um, Culture house is, uh, culture house is a, is a creative space. Um, it is a safe space. It's a space that's accessible um, and affordable. But what it does is it provides resources. It provides um, inspiration, but also um, it provides a community. Um, now, in the area it's located, North 24th Street, it is a revitalization area, which means that it is rebuilding currently. Um, it's... it's uh, it's it's you know low income properties. It's you know predominantly black people. You know what I mean. Um, so to have something like that down in the area is is very is to me I feel essential. As doing research and what is considered quick wins in communities when rebuilding and revitalizing, mm-hmm. art is number one. Mm. You know why? Because it's accessible and you can you can you can do it with little to nothing, right? Mm-hmm. But also make things look good. You know how when you move into an apartment and a fresh coat of paint makes a difference? Right. Right. Absolutely. It's the same thing, man. It's Absolutely. the same thing. So in a neighborhood like how you see in the area, like how you see with a lot of abandoned buildings or houses or just eyesores. So just having that art is very inspirational. I take trips to other, um, you know, districts and areas such as like, you know, Detroit or San Diego, um, New Orleans and things like that, you know, and 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 I like to go to the creative districts, you know, what I'm saying mm. those creative communities just to, mm. s- to see how they're doing that, mm. and it's it's important because it's inspiring, but it's also a sense of a sense of ownership, you know, what right. I'm saying, community. So um, that's essentially what what we are. But again, we offer different services, though. Yeah, right? what, what type yeah. of events do you have? What type of services? So, <laughs> so the type of events we have, well. We do certain things like comedy shows, yeah, um, you heard. know, that like sell out crazy. I've heard. Um, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, musicians have done live recordings for albums. We are on the indie circuit, meaning that we have touring artists that come through all the time. Um, so we're always doing concerts. So we act as a live venue, but also a rental space. So the community can also access the culture for their events as well, too. Mm. Um, we do studio recordings. Um, Have you ever had anything about politics or community organizing there? Um, yeah, you know that's 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 kind of just comes with the territory. Mm, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're going to be active in the community. And you're going to deal with the politics, right? Like that's something you're not going to be able to escape. So we've definitely been a a a hub and a haven for you know for like youth or adults. Um, you know, places where people can have tough conversations or discussions also you know could plan how they're going to you know fight for their rights or you know talk about injustices right mm. we've we've been we've been a place like that um you know back in 2020 we um orchestrated and led protests mm-hmm. um protest workshops mm-hmm. poster making um mm. awareness uh helped usher in new um, officials into the Senate, mm. into City mm. Council, mm. right? Um, in 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 part of of you know being a spark for newer programs and diversity, equity, and inclusion, right? You know, what I'm saying amongst a lot of organizations that weren't doing that before, right? So we definitely had an impact in that, um, and that's something that you know we we do right. And we always step up, you know, when it's time for us to do things like that. Absolutely. Uh, I think that when we have community and when we have values and ideals like culture or DEI, it can be it can be tricky to materialize these feelings into a plan that can have results, you know. And so with thinking about that in Culture House and and just the level of intentionality has culture house and has that component of artist or has that component of advocacy always been a part of the game plan? Like when you started rapping back in the day and doing ciphers, did you think that it would lead to this? Was it not planned? And there is like a defining moment where you were like, Oh snap, this can, you know, this can be more than music. 
I think that what is inside of you is going to come out when when you have the when you have spotlight or when you mm. have the opportunity to, <laughs> yeah, for to sure. represent, right? Mm-hmm. So of course, I think that when I decided like, hey, what type of lyricist am I going to be? What type of um, producer I'm going to be? Right? You can you can make high energy, high frequency music, or you mm. can make low vibration, low frequency music. Mm. So for me, I'm like, no, no, I want all my music to be high frequency, mm. and that makes a difference in your vibrations and the decisions you make and how you act and how you respond, right? It's very true. And then the lyrics you say, the conscious mm. of it, consciousness of it. So for me, it's like, you know, I've always been a conscious dude in the most deaf, in the common, mm. you know, into things that make sense, but that's not detrimental. So um, so from that point, you know, um, I think that, of course, like, you know, if, if you align and you're going to, like, live a, a hip-hop lifestyle, like, for right. me, man, it's authentic, dude, but it's not negative, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, so of course, I, I've always been for the underdog. I've, I've always been for, you know, the people, but also, like, the you know, also me always uh feeling like someone do, doing me wrong or something, right? So, yeah, <laughs> I want to sure. – so, so – uh, of course, like I want artists rights, but also I want us artists to get paid equally. I want us to have platforms. I want us to be able to, you know, make, make the same bag that they paying these other regional people to, you know, to come here, right? Because Omaha, we tend to import people a lot. We pay them a lot more than we do our local homegrown people, right? So for me, man, when I got on the scene, um, you know, I want to uphold a certain standard mm. that I hadn't seen mm. here, right? Yeah, like, hey, hey, this is. It's, this is where we're going to set this year, right? That way no one can diss this music and can't say that it can't play here, can't play there, can't play there, right? Right. That's a lot of time they try to do is try to knock. You go to the venue, say, kind of do a show, or what kind of music you do, or what kind of crowd you're going to bring, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had to eliminate that, right? Mm-hmm. Eliminate it, right? Right. You know what I mean? Um, so, you, so you can't say that. Um, so uh, truthfully, when I first started doing business ventures, mm-hmm. first business venture I did was a music festival. Mm. But the mission for the music festival was to create this pot and this hub, but also a platform for artists, mm. um, you know, to get recognized, be able to, you know what I'm saying, experience mm. um, uh, audience or a stage, you know, the lights, the things that make you feel like an artist, right? You know, those kind of things that keep you going because you're like, okay, you know, it's, it's getting kind of real. People give up after a year or two because they're not mm-hmm. feeling nothing real, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. we're not offering or giving right. to them, right? You know what I mean? So transitioning to going into like doing the culture house was like pretty easy, right? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Once I learned, mm-hmm. once I learned, um, you know, what I wanted to, what I want to do with it though. So to answer your question, man, I've, I've, it's, it's something that's been planted, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I think in different areas i've had a chance to show that you know what i'm saying mm. so now lean up to now you know since the spotlight's on i'm really getting a chance to you know absolutely yeah absolutely and one thing that i thought was really compelling was just you know when you make high energy music it makes you high energy mm-hmm. you know it resonates within you and so i often think about you know how do we make a difference but still be human in the process mm. you know how can we have joyful work you know what i'm saying mm. And so when we're talking about high energy and that relationship with making you high energy, that relationship of your art informing your advocacy, is that kind of the process? Is it usually your artistic energy, you, like you internalize that and that informs programming you want to make? Or how do your how do your artistic halves and your community-based halves build on each other? You know, for me, it's a... <laughs> it's a it's a line between of what I want and then what's needed or what, mm. or, what, or, what, or, <laughs> yeah. or what or what they want. I'm a person that feels yeah. so much, so right. I can feel people's energy. I can feel their wants and needs so much to where I may incorporate into my vision, right? Mm. Just mm-hmm. so I can take care of them while I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. If that makes any sense. No, you know absolutely. Um, yeah. I think a lot of times there's that mutually exclusive crabs in the bucket, me or you type energy. Yeah. And I... <laughs> I think that type of energy can feel cool in the in the short run, like I got it and you didn't. But you know, like five years from now, who's winning? Who's eating? Can it be us? Does it need to be one or the other? I mean, you look up and you're the only one there. <laughs> exactly. And 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 um, you know, for that person, you can be like, well, who did I bring up or what did I establish? Right. You know, I'm gonna mm-hmm. look. I'm gonna look five, ten years from now, and the impact is gonna be, you know, something I even fathom. 
Right. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. So I guess with that line of thinking, what do you think is the future of your art? You got any projects cooking up that are be coming up? I do. I have a I have a new project that is it's finished, man. It's it's finished. Okay. And um right now I am um in in the process of uh of deciding a release date, right? Oh, okay. Just based on when these uh vinyl records can come in. So it'll be a digital release and a physical release as well. Okay, so do you make so you always make physical releases in addition? Um or not not always. I've done just digital releases. Okay. Um you know, Mar and the early Marcies Optimus, every release always came with like CDs, but as right. we have we've um gradually went this way, like, you know, people ain't doing CDs, they ain't even putting CDs in cars. So it, there's a transition that the artists have to think about like all right, woof, well, you know, we done right. Digital stream, but then go to physicals. This, uh, I mean, uh, vinyl records because they actually made a comeback. So, vinyl mm. records are selling mm. better than you know any other you know mm. medium. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, okay, yeah, you know, in this whole movement, the uh, hipsters, you know, this nostalgic move, like cats, people rather have records. You know, what I'm so saying? I have a question. CD, then. So, yeah, do you think that we might see more live scratching DJs using vinyls at all? No, <laughs> we can dream. <laughs> I mean, it just depends on your preference. If sure. it, if you're one of those dudes that's from that cloth of like the authentic, <laughs> yeah. and you love DJ Premier, right? <laughs> yeah, for honestly, sure, for, for sure. real. For but sure. it, but if you're coming in and you like uh, like DJ Mustard, right? Uh -huh. Then you're not going to. You're going to. Sure. You're going to use a different setup. For sure. And. Neither one is better than the other. It just depends on what's true to the the operator. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And and I think just yes, old school is great, but new school. There is a lot of efficiency with having dude, digital files. New school, <laughs> dude, new school rule, bro. <laughs> <laughs> if you can find that merger to make you happy between both, then you got it made. I'm talking with Marcy Yates, local change maker and artist. Stay tuned for the rest of the conversation after this break. Check. Yeah, check. Uh, yeah, assistant coach, how I'm all like the coach. How I bring the team back from behind on the coast. How I've been an all-star like Shaq in the post. How the mothers keep capping like they doing the most. Hope to bag a little duffel on my horse and north. Had to put my team on like we playing the sport. Not the part of downtown that's proceeded the north. How to make that mill work, how to measure the court. Vocally large and the message is clear. Feeling like the Big Ten, I ain't playing this shit. Ape seat the first share like a rookie in here. Underdog achieve a baller like to play for a bit. Rhyme Meridian, pair styles for limited. Fly on the wall, on the ball like Wimbledon. Keep it real sharp, make it pop like ten of them. Space is the place on God, I'm like kin to him. Feed the homies, make it water with lease. Make a couple spins, push the back of my seats. If it ain't for Rami talk, some ain't talking to me. Make it water with lease. Make a couple spins. Push the back of my seats. If it ain't for Rami talk, some ain't talking to me. Shattering preconceived conceptions they had of me. I have a dream. Bigger than Saturn's rings. Wider tube and a flatter screen. Channeling all thoughts. Welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Michael Griffin. You can subscribe and hear previous episodes of this show on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite app is. Today, I'm speaking with Marcy Yates, a hip-hop artist and advocate who founded Culture House in North Omaha. Here is the rest of our conversation. So with your upcoming album, you know, we got to do some prying. Do we have a title? We don't have a date. Where, no, where can we listen? What's going on? <laughs> the people got to know. All right. So <laughs> honestly, man, tentatively, it's, it's set to release in May. So okay. you'll at least get a single in the video next month, right? June will probably be the uh, official or July be the official release release. Um, the project is called Chocolate for Water. Oh, 
It's yeah. a playoff for comments <laughs> like water for chocolate, yeah. right? But it's called chocolate for water. And if you if if you know if if you know the synopsis behind comments uh-huh. like water for chocolate, it's yeah. based off this novel and movie, right? Yep. Right. You know what I mean? And it's about um it's about this Catholic Italian family. And it's about it's about this woman who is friends with this guy, she falls in love with him. But since she is the youngest in the family, traditionally she's supposed to take care of the elders. Mm. So therefore she can't marry this guy or be with mm. this guy she loves. So he ends up marrying her sister, right? Oh. And that's how he's close to her. And oh. um, they all live you know, in, in the same, uh, they all live in the same house. So the way that she communicated her love through him is, is through the food that she would make you know what I'm saying? Oh. And, uh, you know, it was this thing where her sister got pregnant, but she couldn't have the kids, so she actually carried the carried the baby for them. And, like, you know, it was things that happened to make them close and things like that. But, um, you know, I, I, I thought it was a beautiful story, but also it was a phenomenal record by Common, though. And I was mm-hmm. just always intrigued by the cover mm-hmm. and then by the title. But traditionally, like Social Studies or Vanilla Sky, I've always taken mm-hmm. – you know, or freedom. Some I've always taken titles that are inspired by novels or movies. Mm. I always do that with every with mm. every album I drop. I do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a reference to it. So that's what it's for. But man, meaning. You know, you look at the cover, and I had Sky redo the cover mm. and, and the animation for me. And it's and if you've seen Common's cover, right. it's two water fountains wide only, right. right? And then you have a little black girl drinking from it, right? So you got. You got this black this black boy with a hoodie on coming up to the fountain and he's drinking chocolate. Mm. Right? It's coming out the faucet. <laughs> okay. You know, and for me that represents the culture and right. just how accessible it is. Absolutely. Now. You understand? Absolutely. What I'm yeah. And then for wow. me and for me being a an enthusiast in a parish, I'm I'm almost like I'm almost like the, the girl in the movie who couldn't marry who she wanted to, but she has to find a fine line but but between like expressing a love for hip hop. Right. And mm. for me, I feel like I'm at kind of like in that stage where like, you know, I, I love everything that's happening now. You know what I'm saying? But I love what I love. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, doing culture house and things like that. Right. Um, You know, I would love to spend all my time just like immersed in like that mm. hip hop. You know what I mean? Right. But I do all these other things that still keep me close to it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. You know, we can be busy. But make sure there's a level of intentionality mm-hmm. and make sure it leads to to that thing, whatever it is, Absolutely. you know. And yep. so especially as a, as a younger person with so much social media and flashing lights and dopamine rushes everywhere, there are, there are instances where I like I need to remind myself the joy and the virtue of the process. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get that immediate. Yes all the time yeah you know and so do you have any advice to younger not even just creatives but just people in general that can have an idea and then materialize it with yeah. a sustained or they gotta know that organization it's, or they gotta know that success is, is a delayed response <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um mm. you have to wait and see what happens yeah. right you know but be proactive about it too mm. so you can't just create let it sit there Mm. no marketing you're not enthused about it no one's gonna be more enthused about your work than you are Mm. you gotta make people you almost gotta you gotta sell it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um so the thing is to be goal oriented and that way you can't waver off of it right you okay i got this goal i forgot this goal and achieve those things that way you can't feel away right you know what i mean Set reasonable goals though that are logical as well too. You know anything's possible, logically. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Things that you want to work for. Right. Uh, so I would say that honestly, if you're into it and you want to work for it, like man, you're gonna fall in love with the journey and all the little steps in it, right? Because everybody always sees the big picture. I want this. I'm gonna be that. But then I never know like all these micro, little steps, setbacks, mm. right? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, the 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 depression that could happen during it, you know, the losses you could have during it, like all those kind of things, because you have to still battle with yourself too, right? And as people are trying to be the best version of themselves or trying to deal with traumas and things like that as well too, you know what I mean? It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's not a, 
it's just something that like, hey, everybody's going to go through like all those kind of things. Right. So don't give up on what you're trying to do just because you are running or you're experiencing these kind of things. You know, what I mean, stay focused on the goal, though. You know, dig, your, dig yourself out of tough spots. Right. It's easy to say, even more difficult to do. Right. But again, if you stay focused, go into it, show gratitude. Right. Remember things you have done and accomplished. Um, and then stay, you know, focus on things that you want to accomplish. I think that, you know, with those, Absolutely. those, those keys, you should be all right. Absolutely. You know, because I talk about this a lot, but it's a mad world. And I think that a lot of us want safety immediately. But I think it's just like you were saying, important that with achieving things, our ebb and flows. It's not a constant rate. What's the future of Culture House? Because we were just talking about we can really achieve things logically and with incremental steps yeah and i also know that you're starting a pizza house a culture house so like how do you measure like yo i can do that i can do that how do you gauge what's feasible man you know it so i was watching um i was watching uh i am athlete podcast today and george foreman was on there so george, george <laughs> yeah. foreman former champion had the foreman grill but a champion boxer mm-hmm. uh and his movie's coming out Right. And, you know, one thing that he said that stuck to me was that. Um, so what what he said was that um, you just you just challenge yourself and see what's next, right? Mm. What else can you do? Um, you know, he's like, man, once I once I came to realization that you pretty much got to work forever, you always got to earn, right? Right? <laughs> right he's sure. like, he's like, dude, that's a tough. It's a tough thing to to, to you know to to bite to sit down and deal with, right? Your first right. life, you actually have to earn, whether it's a crude or whatever, right? You have to. Um, so for that, knowing what you got to do is part of everything, right? Because mm. this is a game, dude, mm. right? Um, so honestly, it's really just seeing what I can do next. Honestly, being where I'm at, everything's tailored specifically to the area I'm in. Okay, we need this. We need this. We need that. Man, I'll be hungry. People will be down here hungry. Mm. Been down here for this many years. Still ain't got one of these. Can't get no delivery for pizza. You know, it's kind of things like that mm. come into it. But then you think about what's the next venture, right? How am I going to build my wealth as well, too? Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? How am I going to take care of this community take care of myself, too? Because the best I could do, the better it is for anybody else, yep. right? And you are a black man in this community. Okay, so, <laughs> ownership, is, that so ownership is that, man. So I'm always going to be, anything I do, I want to own, right. right? But also do, do you know, shares. You know as well too. I'm yeah, that too. You don't have to own everything. Definitely I'm cool doing shares. You know what I'm saying partnerships too. Fine with it. You know what I mean. So I think I think that that's what it is though, man. Is is um, you know, just challenging yourself, being goal oriented, right? Once you accomplish these goals, then set some more. For me, I set five year goals. Mm. Um, so for us with Culture House, man, we're on our fifth year now, dude. Mm. You know what I mean? We we we've been recommended for um a nice amount of funding, mm. um, you know, to go through with future projects. So. That's what we're looking forward to doing, sticking through those, get the pizza shop open, um, you know, renovate our warehouse, mm. get our skate park open up back there, um, get our housing project started, um, you know, in our back lot, which we'll do a threeplex. You know what I'm saying? Oh, a housing so, project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have a 50-foot lot in the back of Culture House as well, too. And back of the building, that's going to be right. a pizza shop. Right. Um, so, yeah. So right now, you know, um, once we reach those goals, then Culture House South. Right. We'll bump a new location south of all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. So with this in mind, uh, what are some major events that we can look forward to this summer at Culture House? Um, number one is our art battle competitions. What like, what's art battle? Could you describe like, that please? Art battle is, is like it is it is so crazy. It is a live painting tournament and like it's not like that you see. So you have local artists, regional artists, you know, people come up and they sign up and it's 12 artists that are selected. And again, it's a live painting tournament. So um, 20 minutes each round, three rounds, two and two. So two artists from the first two rounds are selected to go to the finals mm-hmm. and then you have your finals. And, um, you know, the cool thing about it is that you have a live audience there. You pull up, mm. right? You register. Uh, by just giving your phone number and then you get this uh, text message and it leads you to an app. And the application is where you can vote for who you want to win, but also you can bid in the auction. So every painting mm. that's painted goes into a live auction mm. that night. So it's a great way to connect like art lovers and buyers mm. right with the artists. You know, so mm. a lot of times we end up selling about, you know, 
10 to 12 paintings mm. out of the 16 each art battle mm. which is which is making the artist money mm. you know what i'm saying so is art battle local is there a national thing or? Art, art battle is so we have the we have the we have the local license right so which means that we're the only entity that that can do an art battle here mm. uh in, in omaha mm. um and this thing is worldwide though so this this started off in canada 20 years ago um and it's in new york it's in south africa it's in it's in la it's in chicago it's uh pretty much anywhere you could think of right any state any country and so this is this is a worldwide thing so it's very popular outside of here um that's why it has the success it has here because it's just it's very unique and not and not nothing like it so mm. Our next art battle competition is going to be May 27th. We just got through with the city championships mm. in March. And we sent someone from Omaha to Daytona Beach, Florida to compete in Nashville. Right. Yeah. So that's super cool. So we give an artist these experiences like I told you. Right. It feels real. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but coming up, though, we have oh, we have an event with um, it's a diversity and production event that it'll be a panel discussion with myself, Keith Rogers, um, Shalice, um, DJ Crabber and Gucci, Dan Brennan as well too. And when is that? That's gonna be May 20th. Uh, <laughs> and you know, that that event, I mean, like, the whole premise of the event is that there's a lack of diversity, right? And mm -hmm. um, people of color like period just like in engineering and in production mm. here so when we talk about like student engineering or life science engineering or productions for like theater um and productions you know what i'm saying and performance arts mm. so it's the conversation that uh we'll have you know again you know we, we we're you know got to get more people in i get more diverse in these things so stories can be told the right way um, <laughs> that part you know what i'm saying absolutely really um so oh, all right and then uh one other thing we got coming up in may we have a underground fashion show so we're doing a, a street culture fashion show okay so we partner with the um the mall fashion guild and the fashion arts collective <laughs> okay yeah so we'll be doing a street show it's featured six designers um local um all of color uh so it'd be pretty cool um and then uh probably, probably like 30 models is you know it's gonna you know five different design or uh uh uh, designs mm. and so it's gonna be a cool thing, man. That's that's May twenty, uh, May twenty third, yeah. So I'll be May twenty third. So um, be looking out for that. And so that's gonna be really cool. Tickets are on sale right now. And where can people one follow Culture House and mm -hmm. two find tickets for events that you all are doing? Yeah, so you can always find tickets um, at our website, Culture House. Um, if you're on social media, then just look into our our bio, and then links are there. Our link tree, just go there. Um, but again, culture.house, that's C-U-L-X-R dot H-O-U-S-E. Um, you can look at our events calendar, and that way you can access uh, tickets or just information for any events that are coming up. If you're just joining us, I'm talking with hip-hop artist and advocate Marcy Yates. Join the conversation on social media. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Or call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. We've talked about all this community stuff, and yeah. we talked about, let's talk about important things. Yeah. Top three albums all time, and why? Top three all time? Or at least that influence you. I, I, got you, I got you, I got you, I got you. So we talked about comments like Waterford Chocolate. That's definitely one. Okay. Um, most deaf, uh, black on both sides. Yep. And uh, I'm gonna go with Kanye's first record, College Dropout. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and and listen, the list can change any like any day. It's maybe, fluid, right? <laughs> it is fluid, but those three, and why? Now, comments. Um, no, no. First, it was Most Deaf, Black on Both Sides, and that came out almost the same time as Quali did his Reflection Eternal, mm. and right after they did the Black Star album. So for me, like I was like, yeah, I want to be a conscious rapper. After listening to these cats do the Black Star, I was like, I want to be conscious, man. So anything most Def was on, I was on it. But that album, the production, and then his, um, you know, his his content. You know mm. what I'm saying? It was it was inspiring for me. And then going from this era into comments like Water for Chocolate. So I was inspired during the Soulquarium like mm. era. 
know and who was a part of that again? D'Angelo, Mos Def, um, Erica. Uh, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, The Roots. Jake um, Dilla. Dilla, you know what I mean? Like Everyone. And, the, yeah, Robert Glassford. They all work on each other's records, right. you know, at Electric Lady Studio, right. you know what I mean? So, like, for me, I was just really largely inspired during that era, you know what I'm saying? So, like, just wanting to be on a neo-soul conscious, like, real hip-hop type stuff. And then when we get to um, comments like Water for Chocolate, like, you know, or, hold on, Kanye, <laughs> uh, uh, College Dropout, it's like, you, you, you're taking everything. Yep. That's you ever heard and learn, and then you get like Kanye's like, yep. <laughs> he's like redoing it like in this way that's just like, oh my god, chipmunk soul. Yeah, it's like, oh my, it's like when oh. I first learned that Kanye was did the wire through the wire. Yeah, right. <laughs> wire jaw. Seriously, dude, I was like, I was like, man, like, nah, he's a producer and a rapper. Right. You know, what right. I mean? I'm like not like right. that's me. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and and. You can still you can still keep your authentic you know what I'm saying you can still keep your street to you but you ain't gotta act like you in the streets you right. feel what I'm saying you know what right. I mean and uh, you know we've all done you know certain things man you know it's like like in our past stuff like that but that ain't what you want to lead on your music right mm-hmm. you know because you like man my family gonna listen to this kids are listen to this and that kind of stuff and that's something I ain't want to be held to right when I'm going to family gatherings like yeah what's this you talking about on your record yo, you know one like that you know what I mean you're having the potato salad and yeah. it's gonna be gross yeah yeah exactly man <laughs> yeah. so you know uh, keeping it real and listening to real music has always been my thing so that's why I did my top three absolutely and it's funny like I'm a little younger than you and like my top three, two out of the three is the next album. <laughs> yeah, yeah, late registration. And also I really love Go Art B, Common yeah. B. And yeah. the next ones. Man, that that's when Common got um he really became household. Is when he got with Kanye and Kanye Absolutely. did those two those two records. Absolutely. For him. The, yeah. The, I remember the first time I heard the corner. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was just crazy, man. Like that whole thing was just crazy, bro. It just was. And then you know, Dave Chappelle's a part of that whole movement. Absolutely. And you just had all like the, guys the food. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. So it, it was really cool and good time for hip hop, man. For for. Speaking of good time for hip hop, and also one thing that I feel, and I think a lot of us feel, is that we have to leave Omaha to have a certain level of credibility or at least there's that feeling, you know, and we talked about like, how can we, how can we know who we are both mm-hmm. as individuals, but at a city? So where do we see the future of who we are with hip hop going forward? You know, not culture house, not you, but just as a community. Um, it's, it's, it's been the fastest growing genre. It's only 50 years old, right? Only 50. Mm. So, um, it's up. It's up, man. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting to see where it goes. Um, they're doing AI music now, computer generated yeah. music with, with people's voices. You know, so artists don't have to go to the studio anymore. Um, you know, they can just simply take your sound waves and put it with an AI and then um it, it can, you know, create you your know, ghost create songs. It creates songs for you. So, you know, we're like we're 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 heading into that era, man, where man against machine always, you know mm. what I'm saying? So for me, I'm 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 just staying focused on what I'm doing, and then you know see the new trends that happen. I just can't really tell you where it's going. <laughs> I just don't know. It's on autopilot, mm. man. <laughs> mm. Do you think that applies to hip hop at large as well as hip hop in Omaha? Uh, hip hop in Omaha. Um, yeah, I think that it it just doesn't matter if you're in Omaha anymore with social media and access to around the world. Mm. I think us as Omaha has to quit using that as a crutch. Mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, just just quit using it as a crutch. Oh, cause it's here or whatever. No, it's gonna be about the amount of work you're putting in, always. Um, and here we tend to, we're just not as fast paced as other cities mm, are. Mm-hmm. And you and I know that. Just when you travel to more right. faster or bigger mega cities, man, um, their eth- their work ethic is different. Um, and I think if more people do leave outside of here, they can kind of see what they're up against and kind of mm, know like, oh, mm-hmm. well, this is what it takes. People right. just don't know. It's hard to have a frame of reference, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And also, I do agree, you know, you are the environment that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. And when the environment is less fast, 
it can be difficult to make sure that mm-hmm. it doesn't catch up with you. Yeah. And then people want to be on social media and we're like, yeah, social media is moving 10 times faster than we are here. And mm. then a lot of people get stuck. <laughs> like, mm. oh, I want to do that. It's like, yeah, right. Because these people ain't slept in right. four years, you know what I'm saying, to get mm-hmm. to get where, where they are, right? Well, are there any other last things you want to say? Let us know about the name of your product. When we can expect it, or where, or what <laughs> look, information Nate, we can hear about yeah, it. Yeah, look, um, I'll start dropping singles next month. Okay, you know, and uh, the record features um, Thailand's on there, um, the Faye's on there, um, flows for days. He's from Detroit. Uh, he's a part of the hip hop group um, Clear Soul Forces. Okay, so he's on a record. Uh, Grand Agent. He's on a record. He's in Philly. Um, uh, I have um, Michael Adams is on there. He's a he's a legendary musician from uh, Omaha. He just moved back from Japan, okay. so cool. he's one of the guys that was in the ETC band, one of the bands early, like I think in the eighties, seventies, eighties. Man, we have a really rich history of music. Okay. Um, you know Omaha that people don't know about, and you have a lot of musicians that's moved back here that's just chilling, mm, but they want to get ingrained and they want you know they want to play. Definitely. So I'm meeting a lot of these guys. Definitely, um, every you know every week, every month, I'm meeting these guys at a newer event, you know, and I'm just trying to find ways that I can like work with them, you know, what I'm saying before it's too late, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So right. for me, man, I'm focused on that, just trying to continue to bridge that gap, um, you know, and just you know, and being being innovative, but. You know, for me, it's 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 not a matter of when you know the works drop, but it's like how is how am I presenting it and how it's mm. displayed. Um, you know, at that point, at that point, and at this point now, you know. So you know, I'm working on doing a whole like art exhibit for this release, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Riverside Chats was created by Tom Noblock. And it's a production of 91.5 KIOS Omaha Public Radio. The show is produced and edited by Courtney Bierman. Our original music is written and performed by the Real Zebos. Our artwork is done by Ben Matukowicz. Remember, you can find the backlog of Riverside Chats episodes wherever you get podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Michael Griffin. My competition, then play it like I play hard. Working your day job, your rhymes let them play ball. Inspired by great, take your time, let them play call. At the shop, call them all to get cut. South by got Melina like I'm lacing my cup. All consumers keep our powers in touch. Say we ain't supposed to have it, we ain't giving it up. The powers that be in the world can't come for me. In front of the world, I'm staying at the double tree. I gotta relax, the stage always got my back. It's like my second home, you wonder if I come back. from Busan, loves grass on her feet, never got shoes on, she a true one, got the whole place smelling like jasmine, and coconut milk, keep it skin on skin, baby, smooth like silk, we keep it popping, Tuesday to Tuesday, no means no, baby, you got to choose me.